You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is Friday, November 17th. The 49ers are getting close to hosting the Tampa Bay Bucks for a Week 11 clash. Here's to hoping that the 49ers could keep building off of last week's win against the Jags. And I'm joined by Lori Fitzpatrick today, as always, on a Friday preview show. But I did promise Lori to keep the Jags banter light this week. So I'm just going to skip right over it. But then right before we went live, like she's like, you know what? I do want to make fun of my team and, you know, just kind of vent. So, Lori, how are you doing? How are you feeling about your Jags this week? Uh, making a Molotov uh, right now to, uh, to to anybody have a lighter? Give a, give a lighter. Uh, so I can uh, light this thing on fire right now. Because uh, yeah, that was embarrassing. That was so bad. Um, like that was. I mean, like I said, the 49ers needed that, and but the Jags needed it too, man. They needed a humbling experience, and that was one hell of a humbling experience. Like I know you saw that one clip. When uh when when somebody on your defense was like uh, they don't know what they're doing and, and the Jags oh, yeah. like yeah we don't know and like I that may have been the play where like like Trevor faked a handoff and nobody was there to like fake the handoff with him and he was alone and like ended up being a sack fumble I don't even know but yeah that was horrible uh yeah that, that was that was so bad three points three points bro like come on like you gotta you gotta be better than that you know. Look, I mean, like you said, the 49ers needed it more than the Jags did. I think it just simply showed in in how both teams played that day. But like you said, you know, the Jags needed a humbling experience and and they got one and maybe like it'll just have them play harder this week, all right? I'm I'm rooting for the Jags this week cuz they're not playing the Niners. So, I I hope your your team has better days ahead, my friend. Yeah, they uh they play the Titans. Um, so, so they, yeah, that that's they, can, that, they that, can totally win that game. Yeah, yeah, and and it's more about like stopping uh, Derrick Henry, and they always have a good game against them. So, um, I believe they are playing at one o'clock, and uh, and everybody that's a 49ers fan, your team plays at four Eastern time. So, yeah. yo, just just switch on over that Titans we'll game. You know, yeah, we'll just, watch. You know, nah, I'm just playing. <laughs> but um, but yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was bad. So moving right, on, like well, you said, I'm I'm glad the 49ers won though. So uh, in in terms of like just getting it back, you know, back on a roll. Yeah, you guys really needed that. Everybody was on point. Um, you had Wilkes there on the sideline, uh, kind of getting everybody together, and and everybody was hustling. So it was good. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, they did need it, and like I said, we're hoping the 49ers could keep it going against the Bucks this week. So let's just get into that uh, preview now, and we always start with the weather. Santa Clara weather is always going to be nice and sunny, so nothing to worry about the rain. I was glad it didn't rain last week, um, you know, so more of favorable weather. And as far as the injury report, I'm going to start with the Bucks side here. We have safety Ryan Neal, who's declared as out with a thumb injury. As far as the questionables go, you have cornerback Carlton Davis, uh, guard Matt Feiler, Feeler, um, and then cornerback Josh Hayes with a concussion, and then uh, linebacker Devin White with a foot injury. 
those are the guys who are questionable. Um, but as of right now, I'm just going to assume that, you know, those guys, most of those guys will be able to play like Devin white, for example, I would expect he's able to go on the 49ers side. Aaron Banks was declared out pretty early in the week, and that's kind of expected uh, guard Nick Zakel. He's going to be out for the rest of the season, so that's why he's declared out, but he hasn't been placed on IR yet. Uh, Kyle Shanahan did say earlier today, Friday, that there isn't room for uh, the three players who are on IR uh, to join the 53, so you'll see those three names under questionable Robert Beal, uh, Daryl Luter Jr. and Samuel Womack. They're in their second week of their 21-day windows, but maybe next week is when uh, the 49ers will be making a decision on who gets lifted up to the 53-man roster. And at least one of those corresponding moves will be um, placing Nick Zakel on IR. Uh, just like I also, also wanted to just make this one little note because Kyle said that they plan to sign Jason Verrett to their practice squad sometime next week. They worked them out earlier this week. So, I mean, that's cool, right? Like <laughs> just, just bringing some positivity back with uh, Jason Verrett, uh, a veteran who can help some of these younger guys. So, I mean, sure. I mean, it helps the depth. And speaking of corners though, the 49ers have a big test this week when it comes to the Bucks wide receivers. So that's what I want to start with for the cautious matchups this week, all right? The Bucks wide receivers against these 49ers corners. Mike Evans, for me, being the biggest threat uh, for a big play, you know, given his large frame and how Tampa Bay uses him. Uh, he has 737 yards, receiving yards this year, six touchdowns in 10 games. And I also, let's see, I got some Mike Evans action here for the YouTube viewers. Um, you can kind of see like where he's most active, where most of his targets come from. And that is the deep left of the field or, at, you know, the left side of the field, but where he has done most of his damage is in the deep left, 219 yards and three touchdowns um, have happened in the deep left of the field. And if you look at just depth of target, um, he's had 16 targets 16 deep targets, eight deep catches, four touchdowns. So, again, that's where most of his touchdowns come from, uh, 20 yards or more. So something to keep an eye on in this one. I want Sean Gibson to just be hanging over wherever Mike Evans is because he's a huge threat to um, get something going deep. And so that's kind of what I'm, like, wary about in this matchup, uh, Lori. Yeah, no, I I would be too. He um he is the sixth most uh yards when when running a fade and and go routes, so that's just you know going deep. And so he you know he's a big physical receiver, um and that's what he likes to do. He likes to get up and get those fifty fifty balls, kind of like an AJ Brown type. And you know the Forty ers are used to playing um you know AJ Brown, so I think they'll be able to defend him this week. But he's definitely the biggest uh target they have to watch out for. It is it, it'll have to be more of a, a Godwin game if the if the Bucks wanna uh do well. Like if the Bucks wide receivers wanna do well this week. 
Yeah, and like Baker Mayfield hasn't been a stranger to throwing it deep this year. I mean, 8.4 air yards per attempt is what he's at right now, and that's fifth in the league. Uh, 12.8 of his pass attempts travel 20 or more air yards. That's also fifth in the league. So the 49ers are going to be tested downfield in this one, um, and that would kind of be my concern. But you know, the uh, Mike Evans does struggle with drops or otherwise just like missed connections with Mayfield. Uh, Evans has a 15.3% drop rate. That's highest in the league amongst pass catchers with at least 30 targets. So that's one thing in the 49ers' favor, but just something to keep an eye on, uh, right? And while I worry about the 49ers having someone who matches up well with his size, I do have to acknowledge Charvarius Ward, who I imagine he'll be lining up the most against, has been solid. Like last he week, has. he didn't allow a catch. Um, 57.1 catch percentage in his coverage. Quarterbacks have a passer rating of uh, 74.5 throwing against uh, Charvarius Ward. So if there's anyone in this 49ers secondary that I would feel good going up against Mike Evans, it would probably be Mooney Ward. So uh, there's there's always that. Yeah, um, he definitely turned it around. I, I, would, I guess I would say turn it around um, just because the last few weeks, you know, yeah. outside of last week, obviously, um, he wasn't playing his best. But, uh, yeah, last week he, um, you know, I, I think the 49ers in general were able to take away any, any like, any player that was hot um on on the Jaguars team which didn't happen at all. Um you were kind of worried about Isaiah Oliver. He didn't play over Kirk, I don't think not once. Um so like I just think that they're they're able to kind of take away um those bad matchups and um uh, you know put somebody else over um the player that they that they're actually worried about. The the defense on the 49ers they're just they just do so well at uh, making sure that they they're not outmatched on matchups, you know. Yeah, and I think they do a good job of keeping everything in front of them. Like somehow yeah. that's like even even in the bad weeks where where they lost games, like I still felt like they did a good job of keeping things in front of them, not getting beat like deep. So um, but the other threat that they have on this team is Chris Godwin, who mostly lines up outside just like Evans. So good chance he'll see plenty of Ambry Thomas and the 49ers would will be depending on Thomas to have another strong showing because this is going to be a bigger test than I think it was last week for Thomas. I know he had a few times he lined up against Christian Kirk. Um, and again, like he, he played a good game, but my concern with Ambry Thomas is that at some point, like he's just going to lose the mojo or whatever confidence he has. Uh, Cause that's just been the Ambry Thomas story for the 49ers. Uh, and so I, I really hope that's not the case, but again, Godwin is going to be a tough matchup for Ambry. And if you look at where Chris Godwin does most of his work, it's kind of just like the, the second layer of the field. Yeah. It's like the opposite like Mike, of, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mike Evans, it, it's almost like their offense runs in these layers. Like they have one target for every layer. Uh, Mike Evans is the deep guy. Chris Godwin is like the intermediate middle of the field guy. And then Rashad White, who we'll talk about in a bit, is their like check down guy. So they have one guy for each level of the field. And so, yeah, Godwin will be getting most of his targets based on this, you know, chart of 
where he's gotten most of his targets this season uh, will be more active in the middle of the field. So just, I'm just hoping that Chris Godwin, I mean, sorry, Ambry Thomas could keep it up uh, this week against Godwin. Yeah, no, it, it, it looks like they're not even attempting um, to throw deep with, uh, with Godwin. So, you know, if anything, it kind of makes them more one dimensional um, that, you know, the 49ers should have an easier time uh, when it comes to, you know, uh, predicting or being able to defend any part of deep part of the field because they know who's going to get it. You know, it's going to be Mike Evans. And obviously when it comes to, uh, to the middle um, in the short part of the field, it's going to be uh, Godwin. So, Hopefully yeah, you're right. Do it does kind of feel it does kind of feel like the Bucks offense is a little predictable. Um exactly. in, in in that sense. So I think that does favor the 49ers. But I know we're all curious about the slot corner because we saw Lenore move inside with Amber Thomas now outside. And Lenore, I don't want to say like he struggled because like being a nickel is a tough job on its own. But last week he was going up against arguably the best slot receiver in the league right now. And that's Christian Kirk, right? So he gave up seven catches on seven targets, 107 yards in his coverage and the best passer rating in his coverage all season, 118.8. So I don't know. I'm hoping that, I don't know. It just might take Lenore some time to adjust playing, you know, at the nickel spot, if they continue to have him there and Ambry on the outside. I remember like last year, it took Jimmy Ward a few weeks to get comfortable there. Uh, luckily for Lenore, though, I feel like he draws a pretty easier matchup in Trey Palmer this week. I like Palmer. Like he's a rookie. I think he's going to be a pretty good receiver, um, you know, in his career. Uh, but Palmer has a little under half of as many targets as both Godwin and Evans has. He has just 30 on the season. Uh, he has a steady presence uh, in the offense, despite not having a huge role. But he also has an 8.3% drop rate uh, for him. So again, like I, I feel like this has to be an e- easier matchup for Lenore than it was last week uh, dealing with Kirk. Yeah, I just think... Um... Last week was a hard game to judge because the you know the Jaguars' offense wasn't um, you know themselves at all. Like they didn't even really throw to Kirk. Um, I don't know. I just I don't even want to. I don't, I don't even <laughs> hey, know. You brought it. You you brought it up, Lori. I yeah. yeah we don't have to talk about that that matchup. It's okay. <laughs> Let let's get to the next uh, cautious matchup that I have here. And it involves a for, the right side of the 49ers offensive line. Every week I do this, right? Spencer Burford this week going up against Vita Vea um, it, because Vita Vea is a beast. He accounts for 20 pressures, 12 hurries, and five sacks uh, for the Bucks this season. He also has a 11.8% pass rush win rate percentage. And that's despite being double teamed the sixth highest rate in the league. And so he's still a very large dude. Uh, He's capable of winning his one-on-ones and the one-on-one of course, that I'm worried about is him going up against Spencer Burford because Spencer Burford has shown that he can get pushed around at times. I do have to give Burford some credit though. I don't know if it was just the matchup like Lori, maybe you can tell me this, but last week he, Burford played his best game of the season against Jacksonville. First time this year he's had a clean sheet, not one pressure allowed, 
and not even a penalty. So that's good. Props to him. But he has a really tough test uh, going up against Vita Vea this week. Jacks are terrible. I don't know what else to say. I mean, they're just, they're so bad. Uh, so uh, Vita Vea, so um, he switches around the line a lot too. Like he doesn't just stay. Obviously, he's a nose tackle. Um, and he, you know, likes to line up uh, against the right guards, but he will go to the other side. But I think it's more of a matchup thing um, to him. Uh, so I just think they have to double team him. That's really the only way that they'll be able to, you know, kind of stop him because he's such a force, man. He's such a force. So that will be about the only thing. And I don't think they blitz like too much. I didn't really look up how how and often the Bucks blitz. blitz. The third most. They do blitz a lot, even with the pressure that they get. Wow. Maybe the pressure is because they blitz. So if anything, then, you know, Purdy, he's great against the blitz. So, um, but yeah, that's, I would say one thing to look out for would be the Burford. But um, I wouldn't, again, I wouldn't use last week as a, as a, you know, oh, this is a sign of uh, he's going yeah, up. Yeah. See, that's what I was, I, that's what I was worried about. Cause I'm like, you know, Burford has struggled all year and I would like to think that, that one game is like, oh, cool. Like maybe he'll have a good game, but like, I'm I'm still taking this matchup against Vita Vea and this Bucks defensive line as you know very very cautious for uh, for Burford. But he like as you mentioned, I think he will probably as many times as he could get some help from uh, the center Jake Brendel, and they can you know maybe double team him a bit, and that might be their saving grace. But even then, I'm sure I, I just expect to see a few plays where he's getting, you know, knocked down or something like that. Um, but, you know, hopefully not. The other thing that the Bucks defense does well is they have a knack for getting turnovers. Uh, the Bucks are tied with the 49ers and the Chargers for third best turnover margin per game at plus 0 0.9. Uh, so that means they're generating – more turnovers than their offense is committing turnovers. And they're also tied with the 49ers in interceptions thrown per game, uh, 0 0.6, which ranks fifth best. So both Purdy and Mayfield have done a pretty good job of taking care of the football this season. Um, and on the other hand, the Bucks are giving up the third least takeaways per game. Uh, they're 14th in opponent interceptions thrown per game so very much middle of the pack when it comes to like getting interceptions but what the 49ers have to watch out for the most against this Bucks team is their knack for forcing fumbles they're 12th in opponent fumbles per game Vita Vea alone has forced two fumbles uh safety and Ant Antoine Winfield I, I think I said his name right I hope so um has three forced fumbles three fumble recoveries he alone also has an interception and two sacks. So those are two guys right there you really got to watch out for. And just as a whole, they got to do a good job of taking care of the football once again. They were able to do it last week, but could they do it again? It's just something to be cautious about. So that's why I have it as one of my cautious matchups for them this week. Yeah, I mean, they... You know, I think they're good at switches. They can get the pressure. Um, but the thing about the Bucks D is, you know, they started 0-3. Um, so, you know, I think right now they're just like, they're on a roll and the defense is the best part of their, of their whole entire team. Um, so it's something that they're going to be, you know, harping on a lot, uh, is to make sure there's more than, you know, one guy, uh, where the ball is at all times. 
Um, so you just have to be able to, you know, make sure you're holding on to it. And I don't think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for any yak either. So, um, cause you know, the bucks, the, they're, they're kind of there, um, you know, wherever the ball goes. And I know I said that last week against the Jags, but again, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> you're, you're the one that keeps bringing it up. I can't help it, dude. I can't help it because it's still in my Very brain fresh. and I can't get it out. Very like, fresh, yeah. So horrible, bro. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you have to keep getting reminded here. <laughs> no, it's myself but, uh, though. It's you know, it's not anybody else. Just me. Um, but the the next cautious matchup I have for the 49ers might surprise some of you, but I'm actually gonna say Rashad White against the 49ers linebackers. Um and you might be wondering why. Well, because the, the Bucks average 78.1 rushing yards per game, 3.1 yards per carry. That ranks 31st and 32nd, respectively. But I I also feel like they're kind of like the Bucks offense is kind of one dimensional by choice to me. Like they they run like 36.7% of their plays are run plays. Um but the reason that I think this is a cautious matchup for the 49ers is because they use Rashad White as a pass catcher a lot, and he's great at it. He has a 94.6% catch percentage. That's crazy. 37 targets, 35 catches. Um, he has 326 receiving yards this season. That's second among running backs behind just Christian McCaffrey. So that that helps put it into perspective how good Rashad White has been this year. He also averages 8.9 yards per reception. So I'm not saying this as a cautious matchup because I think the 49ers will struggle against this, but it's more so one of those things where it's like, you got to watch out for that. Keep like, your eye on it. Yeah, keep your eye on it because – they're not really going to try to run the ball, but they're going to use him a ton out of the backfield. And we need Fred Warner. We need Drake Greenlaw, all hands on deck to make sure that, you know, those check downs don't turn into like big plays just because, you know, they're stretching the field and things like that. So something to keep an eye on. Um, I still feel good about, you know, Fred and, and Greenlaw. And I feel like they looked like the most, their old selves last week, but during the losing streak, they, they were missing tackles. Things got ugly, you know, for those guys. So I'm hoping they don't revert back to some of those old habits. But just keep an eye on Rashad White because he's really good. I don't think you'll have to worry about him. No. Uh, you know, I, yeah. I mean, again, you're worried about ETN and 35 yards. That's it. Um, you know, worried about ETN uh, in, in, in the flats. Didn't have to worry about that. Um, so I just think, uh, this is the, this is the increase. This is going to be, you know, the next game in line that they just tear this team up. I think it's, um, I think they're not going to be able to get much going offensively. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think the 49ers got, got him on lock. Rashad, Rashad White is 26 in yards after contact. Um, he's hit at the line, the fourth most in the league. So, and you know the 49ers, they they like to you know gang tackle. If there's a guy there, the, there's gonna have be three other guys there, um, right after uh, you know one other dude gets there. So, yeah, I think the Niners will be fine. Um, but I, I was a little surprised when you put that, honestly, Rashad. Wade. Yeah, you know, I I kind of was too, but I think I just wanted to show some respect to Rashad White in this matchup I because I I know they use him a lot, you know. So I just wanted yeah. to make sure. You know, the 49ers are 
on their P's and Q's going up against White. But I, I you know, I do think that because the the Bucks offense is very predictable, like I said, like every guy has one specific role, I feel like. <laughs> and so like if you just stop that one guy at doing that one thing, then you should be on your way to having a pretty solid game. And this is a good good segue to favorable matchups for the 49ers because while I had more cautious matchups than I do favorable, I think the favorable matchups are so favorable <laughs> that, you know, clearly, obviously, I do still think the 49ers can win this game pretty handedly. And I'm going to start with uh, Brock Purdy against the Blitz. I mean, you said it, like, Brock has good experience against the Blitz, and he's really good at it so Bucks defense has a third highest blitz rate in the league um you know Todd Boyles he he loves to blitz wherever he's gone um and they're blitzing 36.4 percent of the time you couple that with the Bucks zone defense and I think that every pass catcher of the 49ers can have a day because a lot of these guys on this 49ers team excel <laughs> against zone defense especially because Kyle does such a good job of putting them in space and Brock Purdy does a good job of, you know, throwing uh, with anticipation and also ahead of them so they can, you know, get yards after the catch. Uh, af- yeah. After the catch. Um, I am aware that the Bucks have the best red zone defense, but I'm not worried about it for some reason. And, I, I think because the 49ers have shown that they can score outside of the red zone. Like they do that enough that I don't even think the Bucks being so good at having red zone defense is going to be an issue in this game. The Bucks are giving up 266.9 passing yards a game. That's second worst in the league. I think Purdy can have a field day. If he takes care of the football, um, I think the Bucks are going to have a st- – Tough time stopping this offense. No, I agree. It'll it'll be something where you know it's more like uh, bigger plays, um, you know, and boom plays uh, rather than you know uh, Purdy uh, dinking and dunking up the his way up the field and then them having to make a play in the red zone. It'll be something where you know uh, Kittle does what he does what he did last week, and uh, you know he get he gets open, he beats one guy. Um, because yeah. you know the 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 Bucks D is too busy uh, moving their safeties up and down the field, uh, doing disguises that Kittle's just gonna outmatch whoever's across from him. So, yeah, and and Chris here in the comments says Brock plays at his best when he has a security blanket and Trent and his card up my sleeve. Debo, the pressure is off him, but the confidence to make the big play is there. Yeah, I mean. I have been saying for a while how important like both Trent Williams and Debo were to this team, you know, during that losing streak, it was so obvious. Right. And, and how important, how much of an impact they make on the 49ers run game and having those guys back is invaluable. So, you know, I, I think as long as those guys are there, the 49ers offense is going to be able to score 30 points just like they did in every game where those guys have been available. Right. Like I, I just think it, it makes a huge difference for Brock and this team. Yeah, I agree. You mentioned, uh, you mentioned uh, George Kittle and I, I do want to talk about Kittle because he's one of my favorable matchups here too, going up against these bucks linebackers, good linebackers. Like they have Levante David and Devin white, uh, but they're not as good in coverage. 
And so they're averaging a 67% completion percentage to tight ends per game, uh, both those guys. So tight ends are averaging six catches, 57.7 yards, They, which doesn't feel like a lot. But, I mean, if you look at the tight ends around the league, and I mean, that's not bad. <laughs> so they don't get a ton of – or they don't give up a ton of touchdowns to tight ends just two this season. But I think the completions will be there. And I think if the 49ers want to target Kittle, uh, I like, Laura, you mentioned the fact that Kittle can win some matchups here against some of the safeties as well. Uh, He does well against zone Mm -hmm. defense. So, uh, yeah, I lost it there for a second. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Kittle does well against zone defense. So, And lately, I've been liking the way the 49ers have been involving Kittle as of late. So I, I feel bullish about this matchup. Yeah, and um the Bucks um they gave up uh the ninth most uh to tight ends, ninth most yards, um, so in the tenth most completions to tight ends. So I think this will be a, a, a game for Kittle. And maybe it's not like you know, where he Kittle's gonna take over. It's just those yeah. you know, a couple plays where he has huge uh receptions. Um, to kind of get them either in the end zone or in scoring range. So, Yeah, I mean, it seemed like obviously when Debo was out, he had a larger involvement, but you saw like with Debo back, he kind of took the backseat, but they still kept him involved. And it's involved wasn't like a ton of targets, but it was just just enough where he was helping move the chains, right? Like that's really all they need from Kittle. As long as they don't forget that he exists entirely. Like I I'm happy just seeing him get a few catches that help move the chains. Like that's, that's all they need out of him. I think so if they continue to use him that way against this bucks defense, I think it's going to be a good day, not just for him, but even the other 49ers pass catchers as well. Yeah, I love his energy. Uh, to be honest, I feel like he's uh he's like a mood changer. Like, well, you know, yeah. once he does something, just like the way that he celebrates, um, he acts like he's the man. Uh, when he does something good, because he's the man, you know. So, I like kind of seeing that. I think that whenever you know they're kind of down or things aren't really going their way, um, they kind of throw it up to him, and and I think it's definitely a changer, mood changer. Yeah, oh for sure. Um, but let's get to the Bucks. Quarterback, uh, Baker Mayfield. I like the matchup against the 49ers zone defense with Mayfield because Mayfield has a quarterback rating of 48.8 against zone that ranks 18th in the league. Um, He's also holding on to the football longer than most of the quarterbacks the 49ers have faced this year, 2.76 seconds. That could be like part of the reason why – you know, they're able to throw the ball deep. He can wait just a little bit longer for those plays to develop. I don't know if he's going to have that much time against the 49ers. Like, certainly if the 49ers play, you know, to the best of their abilities, I would imagine he's going to have a hard time getting it off at 2.7 seconds, right? Like, they're going to get to him. But I will also say it seems like the Bucks have a pretty solid offensive line, including, like, uh, left tackle Tristan Wirfs. He has a 91% pass block win rate. Um, but he's going to be seeing Nick Bosa and Chase Young this week. So we'll see if that changes anything for them. Uh, but I think if you can just have Baker Mayfield either hold on to the ball as, as long as he has been, 2.7 seconds, and you can get pressure on him, like I think that's a good formula. But even if you 
make him get the ball out quicker than that, which you know would be a, uh, would would be different from the norm. I think that can force him into like dinking and dunking. Okay, we're just going to settle for this, and then they're not going to be able to win the game that way either. So I think the 49ers have a good formula to kind of get the Bucks offense off of their normal game. Yeah, and um, one set that I thought was interesting uh, was, I mean, it's something that Baker Mayfield has uh, dealt with his entire career is injuries, um, and it's like his shoulder or it's, you know, it's always something, right? But it, I think it's interesting when when Baker goes um, to the right side of the field, um, he only has 389 yards, and he's 27th in yards. When he goes to the left, He's 528 yards, um, and he's 10th in the league um, when it comes to uh, uh, passing yards. So, um, honestly, just take away the left side of the field. Uh, and uh, That's, and that's I, I Mike Evans' it, side. I think yeah. that makes sense why he's so successful on that side. Isn't that crazy? So just shut him down, and he'll be the 27th-ranked quarterback. <laughs> I like I like the way you think. I like those numbers. Um, yeah, it, it's worth noting, too, that – you know, Baker sometimes does scramble like he's uh, I think he's at about like 7% scramble rate, at least from another uh, chart that I saw, like this chart um, from Sumer Sports has Baker Mayfield at 7.1 scramble percentage. Uh, but what's interesting with that, too, is he has one of the lowest sack rates in the league, the fifth lowest, actually. And you look at some of the other quarterbacks who are also have the lowest sack rate, like Patrick Mahomes, obviously like lowest that followed by Josh Allen, followed by Tua, then Goff mm. and then Mayfield. So these are guys, chart. right? Like these are, these are guys who, Oh, and if you look at Mahomes and Josh Allen's scramble numbers, they mm. seem to correlate pretty heavily with the sack percentage being so low. Right. So kind of same thing goes for Baker Mayfield. I think because, he could kind of escape the pocket and, and scramble like that. He could, uh, you know, evade, whoops, he could evade some of that pressure. So uh, that's just another thing for the 49ers to keep in mind of and, and keep an eye on with Baker. But again, yeah. like you said, like just keep him from scrambling to the left side because he's going to be looking for Mike Evans every time. And if it's like a broken play or something like that, there's a good chance he might be able to find him. So just keep that from happening. And I think the 49ers will, will have a pretty decent day on defense. I like Keith's comment. Scramble like an egg on a cold day. Oh man. So first he said, uh, Baker looked terrible at Cleveland the year they had uh, Beckham. I mean, to be fair though, the injuries, the injuries, but also it's the Browns. Like, I feel like, He's looked so much better since just being on that team. Like even last year when he joined the the Rams later in the season, he looked a hell of a lot yeah. better. So that was crazy. That last game, he just like went off. That was like for no reason. That was crazy. Yeah. So I, I feel like I kind of feel differently about Baker right now than I do when he was on the Browns. You know, I think a, the change of environment has helped him out. But yeah, then Keith said scramble like an egg on a cold day. That's an interesting like I've never heard that <laughs> that phrase before, but uh, I think I'm going to have to use that. Yeah, um, me too. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's that's hilarious. But um, 
Yeah. So I, you know, I think there's a few things for the 49ers to kind of like keep their eye on in this game. But overall, I feel like the 49ers are by and large the better team here. And I'll, I'll just, you know, lead it off with this last, uh, finish it off with this last uh, favorable matchup. The Bucks against, I mean, the 49ers against the Bucks shooting themselves in the foot. <laughs> because the Bucks are 31st in penalties per game. They average 7.3 a game this season. Last week, they committed nine penalties. Look, the 49ers, like, haven't been any better, like, these last couple weeks. Like, last week, they had seven for 90 yards. But, like, if they can just improve that, the Bucks are going to do what they do and what they've been doing all season, which is commit penalties and shoot themselves in the foot. So, if you're not getting turnovers on the Bucks because they – uh, take care of the football on offense. You can at least like set your watch to them, you know, committing penalties and hurting themselves that way. The refs are just trying to keep the Jags in the game and just give them a break. You know? <laughs> the refs, that's a whole nother topic. Refs have been crazy this season, but you know, I, I digress on that. Um, but Lori, what's your score prediction uh, for this one? Um, so, um, you know it's crazy the, the the 49ers I never realized this the first 3 games they scored 30 points in each game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like what? Like I didn't even notice that before. 30 30 30 35 42 and then when Trent was out 17 17 17 three in a row for 17s. That's kind of crazy. Um, and then he came back, uh, then 34. So I'm going to keep this on the roll. Um, I'm going to go 38 to 38 to 10. Okay. I need to start writing your prediction down just so like, I remember 38. Why? No, maybe it's (laughs) 38, 10. So I, my prediction and like the more I talk about it, like right now, just talking about all these favorable things I just mentioned, I'm like, is this too high of a score that I'm giving the bucks? Like, so I'm predicting 31 17, but then in hindsight, okay. I'm like 17 is like, maybe that's well, too yeah, like the defense is, uh, no, I don't. Yeah. I mean, maybe 17 is too high, but like, I don't know. This book's defense is good too. So yeah. Um, well, that's why I got the 49ers at 31 instead of like 34 or above. <laughs> yeah, this is no, probably I like, like one of the best defenses that they've played. Like looking no. at like, yeah, who's better? The Browns? The Browns. And okay, the, the Browns. Mm, I don't know. I don't think the like Cowboys the Cowboys, are like, their defense was way better last year. Uh, yeah, I, you can argue that for sure. Yeah, um, um, I mean, I'm I'm not gonna right, sit here and like argue that you know the Cowboys are like have one of the best defenses. I'm just no, yeah, you're not gonna. That's do not that. the hill I'm gonna die on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. But so, oh no, I don't do that, Keith. He said, "Do the do the Bucks score more than the? <laughs> they have to. They have to. They're they like to. they yeah. have to." If they if they, they don't, be, then that's but to be like fair, crazy. like I I thought the Jags were going to score a decent amount of points last last. Yeah, week. but it was a complete shit show. They they failed on every single like level. Like in terms of communication, they didn't like they're taking the wrong handoffs. They were like, oh my god, it was horrible. I don't think a team could play as horrible as they played. But I mean, the 49ers could 
force the Bucks into a similar kind of, you know, Dang. situation, right? So, yeah, Chris says you got a good score prediction. He uh, he has a 40-10 Niners because they are 100% healthy and the defense is a lot better with the addition of Chase Young, a lot better. Bucks are going to get smashed. I mean, I love the positive predictions, so... Yeah, I think this should be a win for the 49ers. Don't look ahead to that Thursday night game against the Seahawks. Just focus on the game in front of them, and they should be okay. In fact, it would be great if they can get to an early lead, if they can like pretty much seal the game in the third quarter, maybe get some guys some rest in the fourth. That would be ideal given uh, the short week coming up. So hopefully they can get – uh, business done on Sunday. But all right, folks, that is our show for today. Thank you so much for spending part of your Friday night with us. Uh, I hope that you guys like this video. Hope you guys subscribe to the channel if you have not yet. And I also hope you guys have a good rest of your Friday, folks. But for now, peace. <laughs>